Fantasy Drama Club. Uh, today we have a very exciting event. Uh, sorry for the delay. We were supposed to start at 1, but uh, due to some unavoidable circumstances, we had to delay. Uh, today we have with us uh, a very distinguished theatre personality, uh, Shudipta Chatterjee. So it is me, Shudipta Bhumi, talking to Shudipta Chatterjee. And uh, what you have just heard a few minutes ago was a clip from his latest project, that is Man uh, of the Heart. So hello, Shudipta. Um, hello. Okay. So uh, sorry for the delay, but I think uh, better late than never. And so, so we'll get going. So Shudipta, uh, we'll talk uh, with you as long as we can. We have uh, at least about half an hour with us, so, so we can do that. Um, so just to give an introduction to Shudipta, Shudipta is uh, an out-and-out theater personality. So he did his uh, PhD in performance studies from New York University, and currently he is a faculty member at uh, uh, in Loughborough University, um, and uh, uh, where he teaches English uh, and in the Department of English uh, and Drama. Okay, uh, so Shudipta. Uh, welcome to ABC Drama Club. Um, so first thank you for inviting me. Thank you for coming, and uh, I, I mean, I would have been very glad if I could have you here, right here in the studio for a live discussion. But unfortunately, we have to stick to this telephone interview. But anyway, uh, I'd like to also invite uh, anybody, the listeners, uh, to call in to seven three two two nine seven nine eight eight six. So please call in if you have any questions. So should we pause, let me start with a very fundamental question, which every, and you may have been asked this uh, long, many times before, is how did you get bitten by the theater bug? When did you start? Well, it started when I was a child. Uh, my mother used to run a, a children's theater company, and I was inducted into it uh, as a three-year-old, and I went on stage uh, at that age and have never stopped since, and I've known pretty much from that age that this is the one thing that I would love to do, that I can do with a certain degree of uh, success, and that's the way it has been. It's never been um, a choice that I made, the choice made me. Okay. <laughs> yes, I guess I guess that's uh, true for many of us, but, we, uh, but uh, you have been courageous enough to, you know, stick to this path, so... Uh, you know, congratulations, and, and, and uh, in fact, I would like to congratulate you on your latest project, which is Man of the Heart, and that's what I would like to talk to you about today more specifically. Uh, but uh, before getting into that, um, uh, tell us a little bit about your, uh, uh, the kind of training, the kind of uh, development you went through to come to this stage where you are in right now. So, you know, that would be an interesting thing to uh, for many of our listeners to know about. Well, uh, you know, Man of the Heart is sort of a culmination of the various things that um, I have been trained in um, throughout my career. And uh, <clears throat> it took advantage of the various kinds of training I have received over the years. Uh, my training, as you just mentioned, was... Uh, primarily at uh, New York University under the tutelage of uh, Dr. Richard Schechner. But before that, I had training at the Eugene O'Neill Theatre Center in Connecticut, 
And even earlier than that, I was trained by Rajitesh Banerjee and Rama Prasad Bonik in, in Kolkata. Right. And all of these experiences kind of um, uh, were very, very well spread out in terms of how divergent they were in uh, the kind of performance practice that I was introduced to. It was very different. Every experience was different. And uh, I guess they lived inside me, inside my body uh, and mind. And uh, when, I, when it came to doing Man of the Heart, all of those things, uh, you know, kind of uh, started jumping up from that mysterious reservoir that we all have in our, in our heads and bodies. And um, when Man of the Heart uh, came into being, I realized that I was moving in certain ways um, that, was, that, that did not necessarily have behind them any, any conscious choices that were being made. But how, but did, you, how did the I concept of, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but how, how did you come up with this idea of doing Man of the Heart? I mean, how did you conceive it? How did it come to you? <laughs> Well, uh, Man of the Heart is about the life and times of Lalun Fokir. And Lalun Fokir is a Baul um, Sufi um, singer, song maker, uh, who lived in the 19th century and is part of the, the rich tradition of Baul music and Baul practice that has been there in Bengal for uh, centuries, thousands of years now. And Lalun Fokir is regarded as probably the king of the Baul. And I have been interested in Lalan through exposure to his music from when I was a child. And that interest kept growing over the years, even as I did other things. Um, and then in the 90s, when I moved to the U.S., I moved to the U.S. in the late 80s. Uh, in the 90s, that kind of culminated towards a more academic interest. And then in 97, I went for my first field trip to Kushtika, Bangladesh, along with Shuman Mukhopadhyay, the director of Man of the Heart, um, Shuman, as uh, you might know, is uh, one of the leading theatre directors in India right now, um, I dare say, uh, in Bengal, certainly. And uh, it, it started as a project that we shared right from the beginning. And then finally, when I was teaching at the University of California, Berkeley, in 2004, it uh, culminated into a project, a solo performance project. Uh, in 2005, Shuman came over, we got a small grant to do this. And then Man of the Heart emerged on stage in 2005. And then every year it kept being reinvented and remounted at various venues, New York, Los Angeles, London, Berlin, Kolkata, Rome, Delhi, uh, you name it. It has traveled quite a bit, even Dhaka. Um, and uh, the performance kept growing, kept evolving. Um, and Shumon and I would meet up intermittently and remount it. That, that's how the project happened. It's a, the project that involves um, not only performance but also a digital archive and field research. It's it's kind of a docudrama project. Um, yes, and in fact, I had the uh, good fortune of uh, watching this play in New York. And uh, as I understand, the show that you put up in New York and what you have put in recently in Calcutta, uh, mm -hmm. there has been a process of evolution. It has growth. I mean, I've seen the stills and. I, I cannot recognize the two, what I saw earlier and what I've seen in the stills. Uh, yeah, yeah, the production has really evolved. Um, every time we do the show, um, there is a period in between uh, during which time I, I go back to Bangladesh and do more field research. There's more thinking that goes into it. It matures. Um, it started out as a solo performance with me and just two musicians. Now the number of musicians has expanded. Um, technology, uh, technological involvement has expanded. 
Uh, we also have a Pokir from Bangladesh who has joined our team. Um, so so it's, it's kind of grown, really. And Shuman also has made changes in the staging. I have modified the script, cut out certain parts, brought in, wrote in new bits. Uh, new information has been fed into the play. So it keeps changing every time we remount it. Um, Let's and listen and to one of the clips uh, from, the, uh, from, the, from, from your uh, play. Uh, you know, um, the, uh, listen to, and since you talked about the song, there is a song here which is in, in part in Bengali. Flirting with absurdity, but, but accented. Nonetheless, with the promise of some meaning. You see, he had to double speak. He had to defend himself. For if the powers that be truly knew what his songs meant, let alone the songs, he wouldn't survive. So, what is this fish that floats in a river? The river that rides as a passenger inside the boat. In a number of songs, the fish becomes a bird at a something in that, right? Uh, um, can you tell for the audience what you're doing when you said the fish and the bird? Well, you know, songs are always symbolic, and he uses various kinds of metaphors. And two of the most common metaphors that keep recurring in his songs are that of the fish and the bird. And these two, uh, this song and, and the song just before you played the clip uh, was about the fish, and the song that you hear in the clip is about the bird. Um, and uh, Lalan talks about this man of the heart, the, the divinity that resides in every human body, um, is, is metaf meta metaphorized, you know, as either a fish or a bird. And, and it's this, the, the mystical and the mysterious quality of, of, ma of the man of the heart that Lalan is talking about. So in this song, he's talking about how the bird kind of... Um, uh, is, is ever elusive and never quite catchable. Um, so this in turn implies that the practice of the bowl is an ongoing one, which has to uh, kind of um, keep going. Uh, it, it's more a process than a product. Um, that's, I guess, what's coming out of the song. Yeah, um, the thing is that uh, about, I mean, of course, uh, uh, Lalan has inspired many, many people, many artists, and there's been films on him, and... Uh, uh, you know, uh, by Gautam Ghosh, there has been a, a novel by Shumanandabhadhyay. I mean, there are controversies about them, but, but the bottom line is that he has inspired many artists in, in various forms. Yes, and and yes, uh, that's true. So, um, and that, that part is very thing. And, and the, the intrigue of his philosophy is something which is, which is very, very, 
I mean, mystical to say the least. Uh, but what I when I saw Shudipta's play, the thing which I liked, it is it has, it, it as he said, it's a docu drama in some sense. It, it is he he's telling us what has happened. So it is not a drama in the conventional sense we know of, you know, building up a conflict, three act structure. No, it's not like that. But it has its own way of storytelling. And, and he tells some of the deepest philosophies of this uh, play in, in visuals and in stocking. Uh, I want to uh, play another clip, uh, uh, track eight, um, which is, let's play that and Shunita maybe will talk about it. This is, again, a very, very um, uh, philosophical aspect of love. To me. Be the refined lover. Catch the flow of milky love, the juice. The Stay conscious Make love to the woman when she has embodied all the elements of the universe. The four moons expressed in the fields escaping the body. And all things can only be present when the Shadaka is menstruated. The male Shadrach has to unite with her during this period. It is not common. Lust must be placed outside this That is the only way to reach the man of the heart who flows out of the female body only on a certain day of the Okay, Shudipta, uh, uh, this, this was, again, uh, a very uh, deep physical as well as philosophical aspect of his uh, uh, philosophy of his, and his thought and his music. Uh, can you comment on this or, or any aspect of Lawrence's well, philosophy? What, what Lawrence believed was that you don't need to look for God in buildings and spaces. Uh, there is nothing called a temple, there is nothing called a church or a mosque. Uh, you don't need to go anywhere to pray. You don't need to go on pilgrimages to Varanasi or to Mecca or any such place. Everything is around the human body. Yeah, also say similar things, right? Yeah, and that is where you need to, need to focus. And any way uh, that is available to the Baal Shadrok for the practitioner, is acceptable, be it the path of Sufism, be it the path of Tantra, be it the path of Vaishnavism or Catholicism or what have you, doesn't matter. So long as you focus your energies inwards within the body and locate the man of the heart inside. They, they refer to this Godhead as the man of the heart, as the Munir Manush. And they believe that the Munir Manush is located in the human body, but not just in the human body, but particularly in the female body. Now this obviously... Uh, implies that the Baals believe in a reversal of gender hierarchy. And they're quite revolutionaries, you know. Uh, they don't believe in religious differences. They don't believe in class, caste, anything like that. They even do not believe that women are inferior or women are uh, to be dominated by men. So it's, um, it's, it's a very revolutionary philosophy. They believe that the Godhead resides in the female body and you have to worship the woman in order to access um, divinity and, and man can only but taste it through his encounter with the female. Um, I'd like to uh, play another very interesting clip. Uh, 
interesting clip and then you can comment on it. Uh, let's play that one. Sounds like a, a comment by Rabindranath Tagore, a recording of Rabindranath Tagore. Right? That's how it sounded. Uh, but I know some secrets, but I am not going to give it out. And uh, let, I'll let you tell us about it. Well, you know, this is a docudrama, but uh, it's, it's, there are two words involved docu and drama, right? So while much of the play is uh, derived out of fact, uh, we have taken the liberty here of using a piece of text that was actually authentically written by Tagore and delivered as a lecture in Oxford in 1930. But in a leap of dramatic imagination, what we did was took those lines and read them out as if they were being spoken by Tagore. And uh, taking advantage of digital technology and studying Tagore's intonation and vocal quality, uh, we kind of um, tweaked the sound, added, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, other other noise. kind of uh, wear and kind of noise, and made it sound like as if it was by Tagore, and uh, nobody doubted that it was by Tagore. In fact, someone came backstage and told me, where did I get it from? Did I get it from the BBC archive or whatever? Um, <laughs> that was really great. And, and uh, you know, I will talk more with you. I will coming into a commercial break, but before that, uh, let me tell you uh, you know, listeners that we are talking to uh, Dr. Shudipta Chatterjee, uh, and we will be continuing out, uh, after the break. Uh, so stay tuned, and uh, we'll get back to you. All right? And can we listen uh, to another clip, Shudipta? Sure, sure. Well, let's let's uh, listen to another clip. Yes. Uh, let's listen to. Uh, uh, which clip you are playing? Because I can't hear the clip from my side. You can't hear? Okay. Uh, we are playing uh, the. Clip which is a number track to Lahan Shah, 116, that's what he told me, so we're playing that. Okay. Oh, Lalun Shah Pakir could well have been 116 the year he died in 1890. And in a life that coincided with the rise and consolidation of the British Empire, not only in Bengal, but by and by, all of South Asian subcontinent. Lalong witnessed tumultuous changes, changes that shaped and affected a new world order. Ami ki Chuna, ah, 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 ah